Hi, and welcome to Hack the Net, where every week we delve into the darkest recesses of the internet to find something interesting or even comprehensible. I'm Matt Heron. I'm Jeff. I'm Louisa Heron. Guys, it's October. We didn't do Halloween names, and I thought about it for a second, but then we didn't do them. Oh, my feel- name's scary enough. <laughs> I feel like every year I want to say Bat Scarin as like a, a Halloween name, but <laughs> right. I'm pretty sure I've done that every year since I was 11. Okay. Uh, maybe it's a classic then. I'm going to be no. Death, Death Kowalskare. Oh, that's okay. very good. I like yeah. death as, like, death as a scary word is the, is like the trump card. You cannot beat death. And yeah, so death true. kindly beat me. <laughs> yes. That poem by Emily Dickinson. Oh man, kindly beats. <laughs> Got some kink <laughs> connotations for sure. Yeah, I like the idea of dying in a horny way. <laughs> Every, that's the secret, Jeff. Everyone dies in a horny way. <laughs> they just can't tell you about it after. Wait, hold on. Yeah, <laughs> they do some thinking. <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't, would they? Uh, no, I'm thinking about that too much. Okay. Anyway, no. Louisa, what would your ghost name be? Is that what uh, we're doing? <laughs> yeah. What's your Halloween name, Louisa? Oh, no. I don't know. That's the problem. I didn't Louisa, give myself enough time. Obviously. Yeah, I've used that before. But then, yeah, this is the problem. So many of the good ones have already been taken. Yeah, There's some of them by other people on this podcast with the same last name. Yeah, that's <laughs> already true. Been taken. Uh, Lu- Lu- werewolf hair on. <laughs> Ooh, good. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> it's absolutely nothing, but it is pretty funny. <laughs> I oh, like the boy. idea of translating, like, werewolf into another language and back, and it coming back as hair on. Like, you know, he went, he, he saw the full moon, and then he haired on. Hair, hair on. <laughs> oh, that's very good. <clears throat> anyway. Um, yes. The problem is that they're not coming up with new scary things, right? Like, yeah, there's yeah, no the, new creatures. The we know the creatures thing. already. The newest one was the Babadook, right? Yes, I was going to say the Babadook. Yeah, but uh, Jeff, you might be able to work Babadook in yours somewhere. Oh, Babadook Kowalski. Yeah, mm. maybe mm. Kowalsk Duke. No, that's not. <laughs> what was your middle name again? Is it good? Is it good for scares? No, it doesn't work with Babadook. What is it? <laughs> Uh, it's a secret. Damn it! <laughs> if you can guess it, then I won't steal your firstborn child. Rumpelstiltskin! Okay. Ah, damn, you got it! Yeah! <laughs> I shouldn't have given you that big clue. Yeah, you shouldn't have been a metaphor for women losing their virginity. I shouldn't have been yeah. dancing around laughing and saying my own name. <laughs> oh, but how could you resist, right? Oh, man, that, <laughs> so every forbidden. party in college was just a bunch of people doing that, if you think about it. Teehee, teehee, my name's Rumpelstiltskin, we all said. <laughs> I feel like that's genuinely the vibe whenever you go to, like, a concert with a bunch of teens, and there is a dance floor, it's just everyone being like, look at me, I'm James! Mm, how often look, do you do this? Look, I'm James! I mean, not since I was a teen, and I was yelling my name to try to get attention <laughs> on the dance floor. This is what birds do, so are you saying that teens have the mental processes of birds? Because I would hold on. Hold on. Are you proposing that birds Pokemon like say their own name? They yes. announce who they are to their mates, obviously, yeah. as they dance around. Literally, I guess. I guess they say their name in bird language. Exactly. Yeah, I was going to say it. just because they don't use your like Anglicanized version of their name doesn't mean that they aren't saying their name. Yeah. I yeah, want to know. I want to know. Cuckoos, come on. That's true. In what way is Chewbacca saying Chewbacca when he introduces himself? 
That's, that's not a translated name, but he goes like, Gra, and everyone's like, ah, yes, Chewbacca, that's what you said. It's obvious that, uh, what is the Wookiee language called? Uh, Whatever it is. Wookiees. Wookiees is all body language. It's not a vocal language at all. Oh, so he's just yelling. <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> yells as the movements he... of his arms. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh boy. That is very complicated. <laughs> How he always does exactly the same thing though. He throws his head back and shakes it a little bit. Yeah, but they always show you like his shoulders up and it's a lot of hips in oh, okay. this Wookiee body. Oh language. yeah, he's it's a okay. uh, horny way. <laughs> his oh, hips sorry. don't lie. <laughs> I got it wrong. It's not Shri Yuk, it's Shri Wook. Oh. Uh, no. Yeah. Why? Uh there's <laughs> I wish that the real world worked like George Lucas thinks that it works, <laughs> in that I wish that, like, human language was called, like, Inkhume, and, like, we were lived on the planet Hume 7 or whatever. <laughs> like, uh, it would be so good. There are other dialects, which is unusual for a sci-fi setting. Usually it's like, everyone on this planet is the same species, and they all speak the same language, except yeah. maybe some of them are purple and we're racist against those ones. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's a lot of things in sci-fi that people are just like, it's gonna be too fucking complicated if I do it real, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, they just want, they want the excitement of space travel without the complication of every planet being as complex as Earth. And being as far away as planets are from one another. That's the right. other thing that The only person who stand. really got into that with fantasy was Tolkien, right? And he became a real Well, I was gonna say, it. I wonder if the main difference between sci-fi and fantasy is that sci-fi tries to hand-wave away complexity, and fantasy tries to add as much complexity as possible. Yeah. Mm, I'd buy it. <laughs> <laughs> that's why there's the term hard sci-fi. Um, mm, that's, that's the kind that gets you really aroused. Yeah, it's the kind where there's like a green alien. And, she had uh, seven <laughs> breasts, and you're like, mmm, hard sci-fi. <laughs> seven? What does yeah. that extra one do? What's going on? <laughs> what that extra breast do, though? It's always an odd number, though. Like, in Total yeah. Recall, it's three. Yeah, yeah that's true. how you know it's sci-fi, because nature would never do such a thing. Mm -hmm. uh, there, it could, if it's in the middle like it is in Total Recall, maybe. I guess, I guess it's, it's just a It's just a lower do-lap. So, <laughs> Jesus. So do you think, like... Oh, God! <laughs> do you think all three of them were prosthetic in Total Recall, or they just yes. added a middle one and, like, blended it with makeup? Have, have you from seen Total Recall? Because it's, like, a paper mache. Yeah, I was gonna say, from what I've seen, I have not seen the movie, but I've seen stills from it. Yeah, they look extremely fake. That's I'm what, I, that's what I thought, too, but it's only on screen for, like, two seconds. Well, yeah, I'm sure that there's a screen capture of it somewhere on the internet. Oh, it's yeah. everywhere on the internet, it turns there out. You go. <laughs> Um, yeah, these are the fakest, like, these are like Jim Henson's Creature Workshop breasts. <laughs> oh man, imagine if that's what the Jim Henson Creature Workshop started doing. <laughs> I mean, they, I may have worked, they may have worked on this movie, Jeff. That's not even a joke. I don't think they worked on Total Recall, but it, I did just remember they did do an R-rated comedy with puppets and Melissa McCarthy, where the puppets like jizz everywhere and stuff, so there's probably some puppet boobs in that one. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're made of felt or whatever. <laughs> Uh, we looked up the other day, the or yesterday, I guess, because the, there's that new Witches movie coming out. We looked mm -hmm. up the 
kid transformation scene from the original witches to re- see if it was as horrible as we remembered. Mm. It is. It might be yeah. the only thing I've looked up as an adult that is as horrible as it was when I was a kid. Yeah, I refuse mm. to look it up. <laughs> I don't know. Large Marge is still pretty gross. It's really not. It looks like um, Gumby. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, scary because of the build-up and the shock of it, but if you look at the actual uh, makeup work, it's very much like the Sledgehammer video <laughs> that uh, Peter yes. Gabriel did. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of, like, I can't remember something that was really upsetting and scary to me as a child, and maybe that's part of why I'm the ways I am. Yeah. Uh, you don't have any memory of childhood? Yeah, probably. Well, I don't have any memory of childhood, but also, what if nothing scared me? No, it did. <laughs> but, <laughs> like, like, what if no movies scared me? I was I was talking the other day about, um, I don't, I don't think I mentioned this on the podcast, but uh, Jen and my niece uh, has been going through a phase of wanting to talk to people on Zoom, which is very fun. <laughs> um and so she will, like, call Jen on Zoom sometimes to just chat, or, like, Apple, or whatever, FaceTime, or whatever the thing is. Um, but she is very afraid of talking to me, and I get it, even though I feel like I'm, like, the least scary human being alive. But, like, I was so afraid of adults when I was a kid, um, and it makes me- and everyone keeps on being like, we're sorry she's afraid of you, or, like, we don't know why. I'm like, I get it! <laughs> I was so afraid of adults when I was a kid. I'm on I'm on this kid's wavelength a hundred percent. Yeah, for sure. Plus, what are you growing that mustache for nothing? You wanna scare kids. Yeah, you I look guess a, so. you're trying to look like a cartoon <laughs> devil. Like why would you not see scaring a kid as success? I mean the other thing that I always forget about, but I think a kid would absolutely pick up on, is that um I am like a foot and a half taller than all of the other men in her life. And that mm. is probably scary in a weird way. Yeah, probably. Yeah, true. So, anyway. Uh, okay, Jeff, what did you do this week? Uh, I did so many things. Uh, <laughs> brief update on my ongoing uh, homemade soda journey. Oh, uh, nice. I ordered restaurant-style bags <laughs> in boxes and a spout. Have you moved? Have you moved on from eat to pray yet in this journey? <laughs> uh, no. Uh, well, pray with an E. Um, mm-hmm. I pray on... <laughs> You're making it out you of just wild bite into game. the bags of syrup and suck out the juices. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I got like five to one restaurant style diet soda syrups. Um, mm-hmm. Nice. And I've been drinking diet vanilla cream soda and it tastes quite good. And if you mix it before you carbonate it, uh, it turns out pretty much like a restaurant or store-bought soda. Um, And I have to do that now because otherwise it waters down too much because there's, like, much... I have to use much more syrup to get it flavored than I did with, like, the little Mio's or whatever. So do you feel like you, at this point, you've uh, uh, mastered the craft of making sodas? Like, if you went to a soda fountain, would you get a soda that you would expect to be as good as one of the ones you've made now? Um, I think that... I am using slightly less syrup to make it slightly less sweet. Um, Not because I prefer it less sweet, just because, like, I can do that. I can, like, have that moderation. (laughs) Uh, So I think that if I'm going and buying soda from the store, it will still be a fun treat, especially if I'm buying something name brand, because these are all, like, generic. I got, like, diet dew point. (laughs) So so are you doing this because it's cheaper or because you want to create crazy flavor combos or, like, what is the... Why do this instead of the store thing? Mainly because it's cheaper, because... 
I bought one of these, uh, I got a three gallon bag of diet dew point syrup for like, um, 40 bucks, and that will make, uh, 60 gallons of soda mm-hmm. or something. Enough to fill a bathtub, am I right? Oh my god, you could live out my dream, Jeff. Matt <clears throat> <clears throat> oh, no, got choked up, you so I got emotional. choked up thinking about bathing in Mountain Dew. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> um, oh, well, no, what I mean more, though, Jeff, is that you feel like you got, you, at this point, you've gotten the process down of making soda correctly. Like, you yes. don't take a sip of homemade soda and go, uh, the carbonation isn't quite right. No, especially okay. because, uh, I, like, re-looked up the tips, uh, for how to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. this latest bottle is, like, it's fizzy correctly, it hasn't lost its carbonation. Um, before it was like, I would drink it through a straw and it would taste the same as store-bought, but, like, I didn't quite get the, like, bubbles hitting my nose if I drank it just out of the cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I changed my method recently. Okay, good. Is this a universal experience of you're trying to learn a new skill, you read beginner's tips, and then you do it, and you fuck it up really badly, and then you read the beginner's tips again, but now they make sense to you? Yes. Because yeah. <laughs> that, definitely ev- that, when Jeff, when you said that, I was like, that is something I do every time I'm learning something, is I, I have to reread the, like, getting started guide, and then I'm like, oh, now I know how to get started. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you have to, like, play around with it a little to know what all of the things people are saying in the starter guide is. Yeah, I wonder if I'm just handicapping myself that every time I want to start doing something new, I start by reading everything I can find of, like, here's how to do it right the first time, and then I do it and it's still wrong the first time, and I'm like, well, I'm fucking done with this, I guess, and I yeet it into the garbage. Yeah, I think I yeah. messed up my entire first, like, CO tank of of sodas, um, because I have been using the second one for, Jesus, since June, and I've made, like, 150 bottles of soda with it. The first one did not last that long. <laughs> you um, did use it to carbonate your bath water. <laughs> yeah, I was carbonating my baths. Um, anyways. That sounds really nice. <laughs> Yeah, it kind of does. You used it to fill up party balloons, and then they just sank to the bottom (laughs) of the room, and you're like, wait, I thought, because it's a tank. (laughs) Christ. Um, yeah, so that's my soda update. The other thing I've been doing is I got the new, uh, Mario free-to-play Battle Royale game. Oh, yes. 35. I don't really understand that. Is it like a, it's like a, a regular, original Mario game level, but you're fighting against other people with it? It's uh, just, it's just Tetris 99, but with the original Super Mario Brothers. Or yes. not <sighs> Super Mario Brothers. You know, it is Super Mario Bros. Oh, okay, yes. The NES <laughs> game. Um, it I don't is... I get it. Okay, so... So you, at the beginning, choose a level from the game Super Mario Bros. I think there might be some ones from Super Mario Bros. The Lost Levels in there, too. Okay. Uh, Every time you beat a level from, like, during play, you unlock that level to choose at the beginning. Everyone playing chooses a level, and all of those levels get tossed into a random queue, and you play through them. Every time you kill an enemy, it respawns in someone else's game, and vice versa. Okay. 
So, I end up, like, going and I'll clear, like, what, like, 4-2 or something, and I'll end up back in 1-1 because somebody new is playing and they don't have any other levels unlocked. Except now, there's, like, a thousand Koopa Troopas between me and oh, the, the flag. Um, but every time you kill an enemy, you get a little, uh, a little time added to your time, so it's, like, to your benefit to kill rather than avoid the enemies so that you Plus, don't, like, run out of time. Right. Plus you want to send them to someone else's level, right? Exactly. Okay. Uh, and you're, it also benefits you to take more challenging levels, like water levels or castles, because uh, Bowsers and Fishes are, like, the hardest enemies to beat. Mm, okay. They'll, even, they'll even show up you, in normal levels. Even if you send a fish to a non-water level, it still it doesn't just flop around and die? <laughs> yes, the bloopers will float around in the sky, and the, like, cheap cheeps, I think they will always jump up from the bottom like they do on other land levels. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, like, the the water enemies, the hammer bros, and the bowsers are the ones that you most want to be killing and sending away. Interesting. Huh. Uh, so this is fun. I've gotten second place a bunch of times, third place a couple times, have not won yet. How many people are you fighting against? 34 other people, because it's the 35th anniversary, mm. so it's a 35-person battle royale. Okay, that's pretty good. Yeah. This this kind of thing seems to be more and more what Nintendo is trying to push, and it just seems extremely unappealing to me. I just... Yeah, I guess because Fortnite and that other one got popular. Yeah, yeah. any form of, like, battling against people online. I know that Nintendo is good about this stuff, but I still feel like they're going to find a way to make it shitty. Like, the other people are going to find a way to be shitty to me. Yeah, that's what (laughs) other people are trying to do all the time online. Yes. Yeah. The reason I like this is because you're not directly interacting with anyone. You just have like influence over their their game state. That's what I mean, though. I play. Feel, I feel like someone's going to figure out a way to kill Koopas in such a way that in Morse code it spells <laughs> out like "eat my dick" or whatever. That would be yeah. awesome, actually. I would love that. <laughs> I would have to learn Morse code to get burned that way, but. I think um, I think it is funny, Jeff. You said about when you kill enemies, it adds time to you. I like the idea that someone Nintendo is at Nintendo is like, we need to add an incentive for killing enemies to encourage people to be shitty to each other. Otherwise, they <laughs> might like just be nice and not yeah. ruin each other's good time. But no, that's not how the internet works. You yeah. didn't need to do that, Nintendo. Uh, if you are the person, like, if the enemy you sent knocks someone out. Uh, you get all of their coins, mm-hmm. um, and mm, good. coins can be spent, you can spend 20 of them to r- get a random item, hmm. uh, like a random power-up. A pal block, a star, a mushroom, or a flower. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I would say give this a shot. It's pretty fun, and also it's free, so it's not like you will be disappointed that you spent money on it. Yeah, maybe. I don't know if I would like it, but maybe. Nah. Um, <laughs> I don't think I have anything else worth updating about, but Matt, you do. What did you do this week? Okay, so I, uh, in an effort to boost our podcast search engine optimization, uh, <laughs> I played the game that everyone is talking about. Also, I wanted to do it. Uh, I played Hades, the new game from Supergiant Games, which is a uh, roguelike isometric 
like brawler style game um like a dungeon crawl kind of uh and it's extremely good it is maybe the most thoughtful game i've played in several years maybe i mean breath of the wild had a similar level of like oh the designers put thought into making every second of this good and fun yeah <clears throat> but what's what's so amazing about it is I've played a lot of roguelikes, and one thing that I've noticed about them is, as you play, you learn, like, what the good stuff is, and, you know, like, oh, the best weapon in Dead Cells is definitely the lightning whip, so I'm just gonna try to get that every time, and if I can't, then I'll have to figure out other strategies or whatever. This game, I've played... I've played run-throughs with all six of the weapons, uh, and several of the different aspects of those weapons, and every single time I get partway through and I'm like, oh yeah, no, this is the best weapon in the game. Like, mm. there's not a best weapon, and also sometimes I will play through and I'll be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna use the gun this time, I'm gonna kick so much ass, and then I go in and I start using the gun, I'm like, oh, actually maybe the gun was only good because I had that pushback boon last time and maybe the gun's not as good as i remember or whatever but then it gets good again it's so fun every That's time it's really interesting i don't think i've heard of another game where it, it, you where there's no clear best thing even though the game wants you to think all these things are equal yeah it's wild um and it's especially wild because the game has a lot of mechanics in there to encourage you to try new things, so you get mm. every round, the weapon you've used the least is highlighted, and it says if you use this weapon, you will get, like, double uh, the darkness points on mm. this run. So it's encouraging you to do that, and... At first, I felt it was onerous, because I'm like, I just want to do 70 runs with the spear. The spear is my favorite weapon, whatever. <laughs> but then I started using the bow, and I'm like, oh, actually, wait. I never used the bow before, but I'm getting really good at the bow. Maybe the bow is my favorite. And then I'd used it enough that they're like, mm, you need to start using the fists now. And like, every time, I'm like, excited to try the new thing. It's great. Yeah. Well, that is pretty good. Uh, I also have been playing this game, and when I unlocked the bow, I was like, oh, this is really cumbersome but it also is, like, five times as powerful as the starting <laughs> weapon. So I was like, yeah, I'll do a couple of runs with this. Like, I'm not getting hit, and I got the farthest that I'd gotten using uh, the somewhat more cumbersome weapon, because you can stay away from enemies so they don't hit you, and also kill them much faster. The thing that I think is really smart about this game is, uh, for anyone who hasn't heard of it at all, uh, Supergiant is the people who made, like, Bastion, and Transistor, and Pyre, and they're very good at making aesthetically cool and like plot cool games in different genres um and they made uh this th this game is set in hades in the greek mythology uh and you hang out with like achilles and orpheus and a bunch of other characters from greek mythology and you're fighting your way out of hell and as you do so you encounter all of the greek gods from from the various myths uh what's so cool about it is as you're doing your run you not only gain like these darkness points to make your character stronger or uh, titan blood to make your weapons stronger you also gain nectar which is just something that is only useful for giving to other people to make them happy <laughs> and so every time you die you go back to the house of hades where all of the other characters in the game are hanging out and like you'll get you'll get into a, a state where you're you know you're playing a 15 20 30 minute run 
on and you you're starting to be like oh i can't wait to die so i can use all these points and see what like other dialogue stuff i unlock for <laughs> uh, you know achilles or whatever which is amazing i've never played a roguelike where i've looked forward to like okay i, I i've been fighting for a long time i really want to do the like dating simulator part of this game now <laughs> <laughs> can you compare this game to any other games at all because uh, you said roguelike isometric but i don't really know what any of those mean Okay, so a roguelike game is a game where you are intended to die repeatedly, and the idea is that every time you die, well, original roguelike was every time you die, you start over from the beginning and you lose everything. Nowadays, roguelike means uh, every time you die, you get a little bit better for the next run, so the next time you play through is a little bit easier. Um, mm, so I don't I, think I've ever played a roguelike game, then, I guess. Probably uh, not. The best comparison for how it actually feels to play would be, like, if something like Diablo or Baldur's Gate, like, played smooth like a quick action game. Okay, didn't play those. Don't know what those are about. Okay. So uh, an, an, isom <laughs> an isometric game is a game that is like top down, but sort of at an angle so that it uh, it mm, has depth like to Sim it. City. Yes. Yeah, like, okay. a, like every old computer RPG was uh, yes, from yes. an isometric point of view. Right. Um, so this is basically you play as Zagreus, the son of Hades, uh, and you are running through these little, uh, very beautifully designed sort of rooms in this labyrinth of Hades, uh, mm -hmm. and it's top-down, and it has a very nice feel to it because Zagreus is very good at dashing and, like, the different weapons weapons control differently, but often, you know, the sword, you can do a thing where you, like, dash up and hit someone three times and then dash away all before they have a chance to do anything, yeah. which feels cool and is fun, um, and it's very challenging. Roguelikes are also famous for being incredibly hard to to, to beat, <clears throat> um, and this game is still hard. I have not beaten it yet. I've gotten to the third boss, um... I don't want to spoil too much because people should definitely play this game, but um, there are lots of ways in which every run feels like you're ge you're getting tangibly better in a way that usually roguelikes kind of don't do a good job of. Okay. Um, so it's really fun. I highly recommend it. Louisa, I know that action games are not super your thing. Mm -hmm. However, it's very good at representing Greek mythology, which I know is your thing. Yes. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I might give it a try. I've heard good things from you and from other people I know who also don't like traditional games um, yeah. as I don't, so... Um, did you ever play uh, Chocobo's Dungeon or Pokemon Mystery Dungeon? No, I didn't. Okay, those are like classic roguelikes. Okay. Um, or Was, is a it... little bit Dragon Warrior Monsters a little bit, because it has randomly generated dungeons. Ah, yeah. <laughs> I've never say... played any video game except Animal Crossing. <laughs> Uh, it's got new Halloween stuff now. It's very exciting. I won't talk about it. <laughs> but um, is part of a roguelike that the uh, it's a procedurally generated level? Is that part of it or no? Yes. Okay. Not uh, always. I mean, that's not part of the genre in this particular okay. case, yes, but there are lots of roguelikes that have a set okay. layout. I was wondering. I, right. I can't think of one, but uh, it is... Um, uh, yeah, I guess it's not essential. It's just usually mm -hmm. that way. Hmm, okay. Is, is Dr. Mario a roguelike? <laughs> no. Because <laughs> no. you get different colored pills every time. Don't Unless... starve. Did you play Don't Starve? No. Crypt of the Necrodancer. No. Jeff, you Damn have it. to stop doing this. Louisa's <laughs> never played any video games. <laughs>
Um, anyway, one of the things that I think is cool is that Supergiant is a small studio that, uh, just clearly puts a lot of love and care into their games. Um, and like, one thing that I just found out listening to the besties, uh, earlier today is that the guy who does the voice of the main character, Zagreus, which is like one of the best vocal performances in a video game I've ever heard, is also the composer. He wrote all the music for the game. Oh, yeah. So, and like the guy who wrote all the dialogue also does the voice of Hypnos, the guy that like welcomes you when you come back into the house of Hades every time. So it's clear that all the people who are working on it loved it enough that they were like, yeah, I want to do a voice. That'd be fun. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. yeah. It's good that they were good at it. And there is so much dialogue in this game, which is why I think Jeff maybe will end up not liking it very much. Like, we'll get bored of it eventually. You can because, skip a like, lot of the dialogue. But you, you shouldn't, because that's the ma- <laughs> that's the point of the game. This is what Jeff always does, though. He's like, you can skip the cutscenes, it's good. And he's like, I didn't understand what that game was supposed to be about. Yeah. No, or- I understand what it's supposed to be about. You hit stuff with your sword, it rules. The thing is, it's actually a very poignant commentary on feeling hopeless in the face of things that you feel like you have no control over, um, which which is extremely relevant right now. Uh, and like, it seems like the people who developed the game were aware of that and leaned into it. So as you play, there's often times where characters are like, "Hey, like you keep on dying. Don't you want to just stop trying to escape Hades?" And you're like, "Uh, no. Like even though I keep dying, I if just the effort of me trying to do this is making the world better for the people around me. So." even if I don't achieve my goals by pursuing my goals, I still am being the person I want to be. And I'm like, fuck, that's like (laughs) genuinely good advice. I also like that it's, it's sort of filtered through the main character being like a bratty emo teenager. I don't know though. That's the thing. Again, he has that energy for sure. But if you hadn't skipped all the dialogue, Jeff, you would see. I didn't actually skip all the dialogue. (laughs) There's just not very, like, it's easy to read. There's not like extended cutscenes. Yes, that's true. There is a character. I don't know if you've gotten this far yet, Jeff, but it's not that far into the game. But, um, have you unlocked the lounge yet? Uh, no, I just found Burn. out that it's blocked because Jeff's uh, a filthy casual. Cerberus <laughs> started flipping out when I left. Yes. Uh, so once you unlock the lounge, there is a character who's like a janitor uh, whose name is Dusa. She's a Medusa's head that floats around oh, and yeah, cleans I've heard, things. Uh, I've heard of Dusa. Uh, and everyone online has a crush on Dusa because she is like extremely the one. Uh, no, she is extremely flustered and in love with the main character. So every time wow. you talk to her, she's like. <laughs> wedding and like gets a nosebleed in an anime style and things like that she doesn't actually get a nosebleed but that kind of thing um but what's great about it is i feel like zagreus could either abuse that or be like classically aloof to it but instead he's like hey dusa like i'm sorry i make you uncomfortable can i do anything to help you or like you're doing a great job dusa i'm sorry that you look so stressed out like he's even though he is so cool, he's also so genuinely caring about the people around him in a way that's really touching, actually. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. Yeah. All right, huh. 
It's very, so, sounds like a very interesting game. It's uh, so good. <laughs> you get the option in front of like chairs and beds. Uh, the interact button lights up. It says rest, and you push the button. And it's like, no, I can't rest <laughs> right now. Yes, <laughs> like, that's fun. <laughs> there's also there's also oh, really funny. fun stuff that happens when you get so as you clear each level, you get different rewards, and some of them are things like money or you know dark tokens or whatever. But some some of them are boons from the gods, and you get these dialogue things where. Like, if you took uh, Athena's boon, and then later on you take Dionysus's boon, he's like, oh, you're already friends with Athena, huh? Yeah, I guess. She's really boring, but you know what? I'm going to make you more fun. Here, have this thing. (laughs) And it's like, oh my god, that's so great! (laughs) I do like that. I like when things become more complicated than you thought the game was going to bother with. Yeah. And sometimes you take Athena's thing, and then you meet uh, Artemis, and she's like, oh, you have Athena's thing. I love Athena. Here, let me do a double copy combo bonus with her and it's like the best boons you can get in the whole fucking game it's amazing yeah they i i read a little bit about the game and they said the developer said they wanted to play with procedurally generated narrative um in their last game but people didn't play it more than once so this time <laughs> they made it a roguelike so you have to play it more than once and get to see all of that like the procedural generation that they do like that where characters mm. interact with their like random things they give you. Yeah, apparently the programmer invented an entire new way of tracking system flags for this game so that every character's dialogue is aware of every other dialogue you've seen so far in the game every time they interact with you. That's pretty good. It's like, it sounds insanely complicated. I looked at a, a, like, an article talking about it and I couldn't understand any one word of it. Uh, That's the sort of thing that I want uh, people to be using, like, faster computer processors for. Rather than, I don't need a photorealistic Troy Baker playing guitar in the video game. What I want is, the math is so much more complicated that you need a faster computer to do it. (laughs) I mean, I think that that's what is so exciting about this game is that now that this engine exists, I wonder if we're going to see a, like, quantum leap forward in terms of how well a game tracks what you've done so far. Yeah, I'm interested to see, like, what what will their next game be like? <laughs> yeah, I hope that they make their, I mean, I hope just, like, Unreal Engine, they release whatever this engine is for, like, visual novels, because that would be great, actually. <laughs> All right, Louisa, what did you do this week? Uh, not much, so this won't take long. I've been watching uh, The Great British Bake Off. I watched the two episodes that have been released for this season, but I also rewatched the entirety of last season, so everything's okay. a bit jumbled up in my mind. But I have a lot of feelings about this season, so... <laughs> I put in my notes that we had to talk about Great British Bake Off this week, so I'm glad that you did it. Yeah. Uh, we already did otherwise about this one weird cake that me and Matt both hated so very much. Well, okay, we we teased it last week, and now I said I didn't want to talk about it, but I feel like I need to talk about it because <laughs> okay. I've been stewing about it for a week. Yeah. Okay, uh, if you don't want spoilers for the new season of Great British Bake Off, skip ahead ten minutes-ish? Not even. Five minutes? Sure. Um, so, the prompt was, make a cake in the shape of the person from history who most inspires you. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jesus, I didn't know that was the prompt. I knew you had to do a bust of someone, but I didn't know that that yeah. was... Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we have, there were, there were poets, there was a Darwin, etc. You get the idea. 
Yes. But <laughs> and this motherfucker <laughs> who it, I maybe hate him more than anyone I've ever hated on <laughs> Great British Bake Off mm-hmm. made a bust of Tom DeLong, the lead singer of Blink One Eighty Two. Specifically, the one with the whiny voice who got fired from the band for being too obsessed with aliens. Yes. Yeah. Did he also have, like, a thing of getting in trouble for sleeping with underage fans? That seems like every pop-punk band, but yes. I don't know of anything specifically with him. I think that it's <clears throat> mostly just the aliens thing. Okay. Although, the Navy did say, yeah, that leaked document where we didn't know about the what was happening in that thing that might have been UFOs. Yeah, that was real. Uh, so he creaked. Got fired from the band for actually discovering aliens, maybe? (laughs) That would be pretty good. (laughs) Uh, I mean, maybe I will end up being the fool here because Tom DeLonge will be one of the great scientists of history for having discovered extraterrestrial life. Mm -hmm. I doubt it. Um, Also, he made the cake strawberry and mint flavored, which, like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, that was the worst idea. Even if it was fresh... uh, herbs and fruits that wouldn't be so great but he used extracts so just like toothpaste and strawberries and i don't know if you caught this the i feel like the editor slash narrator of great british bake-off was trying to burn him a little bit because (laughs) they said this year because of covid19 all of the um uh contestants have been like quarantined together living together in a house for seven weeks they've all agreed to leave their lives behind for seven weeks so that they can participate in the great british bake-off and then literally the next thing that is said is david uh and his wife whatever her name is are expecting a child any day now and i'm like so wait (laughs) this motherfucker went and sequestered himself away for seven <laughs> weeks while his wife is about to give birth any day? Yeah. Also, He's not wife and girlfriend, because when girlfriend. I heard that, I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, what a <laughs> These scumbag. Oh, my God. Yeah. The, the, like, not only did the, is the cake based on someone who's, like, hilariously insane, <laughs> but also... It's the ugliest thing that yes. I've ever seen on this show, yes. and not even the cartoon design that they showed beforehand looked good. I yes. put it up online, a picture of it, and I said it looked like a yellow California raisin, and I stand by that. Yes. <laughs> it really did. I just, I just, the fact that, the, the fact that like, four people on the show made uh, pop musician busts mm-hmm. when the, the prompt was, make a figure who inspires you, was a little bit much for me. Me. Um, mm, I kind of like it though because they're recognizable. <sighs> it's hard otherwise. I get it. I do, and that's fine. And like, if you, like one person did Freddie Mercury, one person did David Bowie, like fine. I I can see how these people inspired you in your day to day life or whatever. Yeah, a dead one who had a long career, pretty good. Yeah, Blink One Eighty Two though. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, also, the terrible grandma. Every season has a terrible grandma. <laughs> and this season, the terrible grandma made a Bob Marley cake oh, when no. there were people in the room from Jamaica. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. she, oh, my God. She made it light blue and green like Bob Marley was some kind of force ghost, though. <laughs> yes. I also... But while they were talking to her about it, she's like, yeah, I think what inspires me about Bob Marley is that he just, like, took it easy and didn't let things get to him and just sort of, like, went with the flow. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? 
like a yeah. huge political activist, you piece of shit. He was only taking it easy for you, a white person halfway around the world. So go fuck yourself. Yeah, like his oh, most man. famous song was about killing a police officer. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, anyway. the trouble is, I feel like, yes, Matt, you're right, people should have uh, picked people who are more um, uh, accepted as uh, inspirational. Culturally significant. That's true, but also people who like are already accepted that this is someone you look up to or whatever. Yeah. Except, I think the show secretly, cheaply wants people to make current living celebrities so the show can get free advertising when mm. news shows and talk shows ask the celebrity what they thought of the cake that looked like them. Yes. At least Freddie Mercury and David Bowie are British celebrities. <laughs> and yeah. dead. Tom, I think that helps. <laughs> yeah. Tom DeLonge is a living American who plays... Dirtbag. Like, <laughs> who plays, like, poop joke, dick joke music for children. Yes. Oh, my God. And and on top of that, the cake looks like it's made out of mud and banana mush, and it's like your friend on a deserted island that you make when you're going insane. Yes. And, and, okay, the next stage of my rage, the reason that this is bubbled up again mm-hmm. is because this week he was the fucking star baker i know i'm so well, mad what did that he make this week was it good uh, it actually did look good which also made me yeah extremely angry. when i, I hate somebody not get- i want them to keep failing until they get kicked off i want that yes. to happen as fast and as possible if you could do a good cake <laughs> fucker why the fuck did you do one last week you asshole were his other two rounds just so good that this bad cake was not bad enough to get him kicked off last he, week he was like middle yeah. of the pack and like it's first still week yeah first week there's so many people who did it like a total disaster job things weren't cooked things weren't put together you know yeah so I he like- technically made a cake and even though it tasted bad and looked bad it wasn't the worst one right <laughs> yeah it was still structurally a cake which <laughs> Some people did not reach that level, unfortunately. Wow. I actually really liked the woman that they kicked off the first week, because she seemed really nice and positive, um, but she was very bad at baking. <laughs> so I don't even remember her. That's the thing about these she competition made, reality shows. They're just, she, they've gone from my mind. She made the, like, bubblegum and um, oh, yeah. soda-flavored cake in the first round. Yes! The the person who most sticks with me, I'm pretty sure, was the first episode of the first season. It's the guy who accidentally made a cake with salt instead of sugar. Oh, oh yes. no. And Paul eats it and goes, oh, Mary, don't eat that. That's salt. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. He, that guy. It, that that guy, episode seemed like a sitcom episode about the bumbling main character going on Great British Bake Off and hilariously failing. Yes. That guy didn't get kicked off that episode. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I don't think he did. Actually, maybe I he, did. he did. I just I just remember that he uh, was on, like, all of the promotional videos for that season because he said, I'm feeling a little bit do-lally. Uh, and I guess that was, like, a thing. They were like, look how charmingly British this is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, but uh, rewatching last season, I found just as enjoyable because I can sort of binge watch it at once. I watched, like, two episodes a day for a while. And I have not remembered who won any challenge or the final, so I got to enjoy it all over again as if it was new. Was that the one with, um, what's-his-face? Uh, uh, Raul and Ruby and and those? Oh, yeah. No, it's not that season. season. Yeah, no, it's not that season. I really liked that Paul never figured out how to pronounce Raul. Every time he was like, oh, hello, Raul. Raul? 
he said Rahul almost every time, which is how it's spelled, so that's fair, but I don't think that's how he pronounced it. The, yeah, the yeah. vowels were just, like, roll a die and see what vowel we're going with this time, in addition to adding that H in there. Yep. Who was in the oh, last boy. season of Great British Bake Off? I don't want to say, in case anyone else wants to watch. Um, Alice is in there, who seems nice, was very smart and talented, but she had, like, crazy eyes, and she was always, like, throwing her head around like a Muppet. Did she have this <laughs> terrible voice and was, like, a veterinarian? No, she was in that uh, uh, season as well, though. That's, uh, oh, I don't remember her name now. But yeah, she was there. Yeah, that that blonde girl. And then, yeah. oh yeah, was Alice the one with the terrible eye makeup? No, she, that's Steph, and she was in that season as well, yes. Okay, now I remember this season. Yes. That's the season that had uh, the crazy Halloween lady who yes, ended Hel- up on uh, what we do in the shadows. Yeah, who was so good. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I didn't watch a baking show hosted by her, absolutely. I I cannot believe there aren't more people going on Great British Bake Off who are like, I have a theme, and this is my theme. Because it will get you pretty far, just like, every time I make something, I make it uh, circus-themed, or whatever it is. (laughs) I'm a literal clown. (laughs) Yeah. That's my whole thing. I wear clown I, makeup every day. The thing is, I don't know the I don't know what the producers tell the contestants ahead of time. Um, but if they if there aren't strict rules on what you could wear, why not go on as a clown? <laughs> the thing I think though is there are probably a ton of applicants like that. But I think a lot of people who are super gimmicky, they have that instead of a personality. For this, you would have to be a good baker, but you just really loved Halloween like Elena did. And yeah. I don't know if I'm you saying find that if, many people. If if I was to go on Great British Bake Off, I am not a great baker. I'm a middle of the pack baker, but I think I could do okay for a couple episodes. I think I would be kicked off episode three of Great British Bake Off. Okay. <laughs> um, now we're getting somewhere. Good. <laughs> I would I I made this joke on Mastodon a while ago and it got a lot of likes, and I still stand by it. I would make an erotic cake every week. <laughs> but I would not admit that it was intentionally an erotic game. I would be like, what? It's just a tower. I just made a tower with a couple of domes at the bottom. Yeah, Yeah. that's that's the bushes at the base of the obelisk, obviously. How Uh, fucking great would that be? You'd have to play it so carefully. I could. I think I could pull it off. I think the only one of us humble enough to make it past week three is Louisa. But I oh, think also she might Louisa's be too extremely angry good to at win. baking. But she might be too angry to win. She might get to, like, the second to last episode and just, like, and punch, punch Paul, Paul in the oven. Paul Hollywood in the face. <laughs> no, he would like that. He's a pervert. <laughs> Uh, my problem would be, if you have, like, four hours and something goes... A lot of people fall down to this. Something goes wrong in the first hour, and then you're like, fuck it, I can't do this anymore, I quit. Exactly. And I feel like that would happen to me. Yeah. Uh, the Like, the reason Raul was my favorite is because every week he would bake something beautiful and exquisite and be like, oh, I don't know, I don't know if it's that good. Yeah. I think I did a bad job. <laughs> He's real messed up in the brain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you have to that- be a, an amazing baker who is also <laughs> is severely depressed and anxious. That milk comment that he made in, like, the third to last episode, though, makes me think he may just be an Andy Kaufman-level comedian. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't remember, no. 
There is a there is one of the talking head interview segments that they do where it's just Raul sitting there and he says, "Yeah, of course I start every day with a glass of milk. You can't live your life if you don't drink every day a glass of milk." And then as he's talking completely straight-faced, he lifts a glass of milk up into the frame of the shot and then takes a sip and that's the whole thing. It's incredible. <laughs> That's really funny. It's such a good joke, I don't think you could do it unintentionally. Oh, yeah, no, they probably said it, like, framed it as a as a bit. But, like, did he suggest it, or did they tell him to do it? Because if he suggested it, I think he may have been self-aware and doing all of that as a joke. Here's my theory, is he genuinely drinks a full glass of milk with breakfast every day, and the producers found out and were like, well, obviously we have to make that one of the <laughs> yeah. things. Someone get a milk immediately! We need to film this! <laughs> we need to have... Raul, you need to sit here and explain the milk and then drink the milk. People need to know about this. <laughs> But again, his delivery is part of what sells it. You really have to watch this to, like, he's so serious, and I feel like if somebody told the average person to do this, they would, like, kind of have a smirk on their face as they're doing it, like, uh, I know this is, like, silly. I know that I'm the joke here. No. Absolute <laughs> straight face, like, not understanding why this is weird level of, like, yeah, of course, this is this thing. Mm-hmm. It's yep. so good. Yeah. Uh, I th- I think season nine is the only full season I watch. Should I catch up on on this current one? Yeah, why not? You should watch um, all of them. It's the best. It's the best Netflix series. Does it stream? Uh, oh, I see. It's it's like week after week on Netflix. Yes, yeah. it uh, airs on Tuesdays in the UK, and then on Friday it is on American Netflix. Okay, cool. That is uh, unusual. Yeah, it really I, is. I think it, this I is think, the first season they've done that. Yeah, I think when we watched uh, series nine, we just had to watch the like bootlegs on YouTube. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, nowadays you could just VPN and switch your thing to UK and Are, watch it. I have a question about that. Are VPNs not illegal? Because I hear them advertised on podcasts now. They are not. They are not illegal. <laughs> they are They are exactly the kind of thing that people would make illegal if they understood computers enough, but yeah. the people who understand computers aren't the people who make laws. Because they have the copy. I can tell the hosts are reading off a piece of paper, and they have the copy say things like, did you want to watch uh, shows that aren't available? in your region simple just say you live in japan or the uk or wherever like Mm -hmm. (laughs) those uh companies don't want you to know that but there's no problem with the vpn advertising to say you can i don't know i don't know how they like i think a person who very well understood network structure could make a law that would make it illegal but i don't think that a businessman could yeah and I think that the people who understand network structure are the people who are like, no, this actually rules. <laughs> okay. I mean, to me, it sounds like if, if Napster would advertise on a podcast and be like, hey, you don't want to pay for songs? Simple. Just click here and download them. But, yeah, I think, like, I think that was like kind of- It seems like it shouldn't be allowed. Well, that was Napster's thing until they made it illegal to do that. And then well, they yes, got shut down. But they didn't advertise publicly <laughs> where anybody could find out about them, right? I think they did. I remember banner I like ads for Napster. Okay, maybe maybe I'm wrong. 
Um, I think uh, my main problem with using a VPN to watch TV shows is I watch everything through Chromecast, mm. and I can't. I would have to change the VPN at like my router level, and I've been too lazy to do that. Ah. Yeah, I mean, what I often do is you have an Xbox, don't you, Jeff? Oh yeah, I could do that. Yeah, you can just stream from your computer to the TV using your Xbox as a mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, I also have like all the apps on the Xbox and could probably set the VPN up on there. It's really it's complicated enough. Yep. Anyway, right, is it wiki it. time? Yeah. Okay, we got yeah. one of the best ones we've ever gotten. <laughs> um, uh, hilarious. Uh, we got Naruto Fanon Wikia. Okay. All right. <laughs> I guess. Uh, Here we go. Dive in. All I know about this is it's a cartoon show. I don't know if it was a manga before that. Uh, that yes. is about a blonde boy, and they use as a symbol those little fish cakes that you get in ramen noodles. Yep. Uh, his name is Naruto Uzumaki. Both of those words mean uh, spiral or whirlpool in different contexts. <laughs> uh, so the header, uh, it's purple. It says Naruto Fanon. And then Naruto fan with you. And it does the thing where on the left it's uh, opaque purple. On the right it becomes transparent. And you see uh, like a, a corporate plaza with a person standing in it. And I a bunch of towers. I think, it's, I think it's actually a bunch of like uh, rice paper like combat dummies set up on stands. Mm. Is that what yeah, it is? I think that okay. might be their ninja temple. It's not, it's not very compelling if you're not already familiar with whatever that picture is supposed I do, to be. I do like the way that this sort of like ombres from purple to this image, though. <laughs> it's, like, such a boring, uh, not, like, iconic <laughs> image from Naruto to use. Uh, yes. The background is, like, parchment paper with, um, uh, little squares, uh, diamonds, I should say, they're turned on their corner, that have, like, little, um, uh, illustrations, sigils inside them, I guess? Pictures? I do like, I don't know if you guys are seeing this, but whoever tiled the background did it wrong so that, like, the seam <laughs> yeah. between the top and the bottom occurs, like, an inch above the bottom of the screen. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, so, let's see. Does it say anything? Uh, welcome to the Naruto fan wiki. We've been editing 35,970 articles since we were established in 2006. 2006? Six. Yeah, pretty yeah, nice. Naruto, long ago. Naruto started a long time ago. It's been running for a while. I'm not surprised that Naruto has been around that long, but I am surprised that a fan and wiki for it has been around that long. <laughs> oh, Naruto is actually older than I thought. It started in 1997. Damn, oh my God. Um, yeah. They have a whole. That's lot- closer to Cleopatra than <laughs> the, the uh, pyramids are. Yeah, yeah, it's much closer to Pizza Hut than it is to the dinosaurs. <laughs> Which makes sense. Yeah, well, that's just true. That's just a true thing you said. This actually has an about us section, which most of them don't. Uh, the narrator Fan and Wiki, founded in 2007, so they might want to get their story mm-hmm. straight about when they started, uh, by Lavi Bookman, uh, is a wiki of fan invention based on the Naruto universe. Uh, we allow users to create their own fan fiction and stories, roleplay, write stories together, do comedy skits, ha. Huh? Yeah, so they want a whole community. Yeah, is basically the gist. I do like they have one of those scrolling banners of different articles, and one of them, the I guess it's Keki Genkai, uh, Mm -hmm. is like a guy with white hair and weird green eyes, uh, and he's got like bone spikes coming out of all of him, and he looks (laughs) so dumb, (laughs) and I love it. 
He looks like yeah. the most over-designed anime character where, like, just imagine this guy trying to get a cup of coffee or whatever, and it's like, <laughs> oh, I can't pick up it. Uh, oh, I knocked over this shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Naruto is, like, it... It has this weird design aesthetic to it, where, like, the bad guys are all- they look the same as the good guys, except instead of wearing normal clothes, which is stupid for ninjas to be wearing, they just have, like, a bunch of protrusions. Yeah. Everyone on this uh, anime has, like, there's one uh, tile picture of a billion characters. Everyone has, like, a potato face where it's much wider than it is tall. Yeah, and they're yeah. all wearing, like, vests and long sleeve <laughs> shirts and, like, jumpsuits. Like, these are supposed to be ninjas! Why Why are none of them wearing ninja outfits? <laughs> the This may be a chicken-in-the-egg scenario, but looking at this, it looks like the, like, free-to-download assets for RPG Maker, mm-hmm. where it's, like, all stuff that have been made by, like, people who aren't that good at, uh, drawing on a tablet, but they are, they sure are prolific at it. Um, that's exactly what the character design looks like here. Yeah. I forgot, I do know one other symbol, because many of these characters have a headband that has a metal plaque riveted to the middle, like they've, like you'd find on a trophy, except it's uh, silver and it shows, like, a swirly uh, eyeball shape kind of stylized, I guess. Yeah. I think that that is the symbol of uh, the Uzumaki clan. Okay. Uh, I don't know that for sure, because (laughs) I am slightly, slightly too old for Naruto to have been popular when I was a teenager. Yeah, the main character is a little blonde boy, like we said. He has uh, lines on his face that I'm not sure if they're makeup or scars, or for a long time I thought he was some kind of cat boy, and then they were whiskers. Yes, I thought whiskers too, but apparently no. I think they no. are supposed to be whiskers. What? Is he the only cat boy? No one else has them. Uh, well, his son, Boruto, also has <laughs> He has now. a son? I thought he was 11! <laughs> Uh, well, he has a son now, because they're on the third, like, Naruto ended and got pla- replaced by Naruto Shippuden, then that ended and got replaced by Boruto the Next Generation. Uh, I thought you were going to say Naruto has been continuing in real time since 1997 when he was 11 years old. <laughs> it might have been. Do they show Naruto fucking? This is important. <laughs> no, I think that all happens uh, off On the fanon. <laughs> That happens right here. We're about to find yeah, it. Yeah. Hold on. I need to check the rules and see if that's allowed before we yeah. start exploring. We need to figure out how to put our finger right on the crux of Naruto fucking. Is that a, does that word mean butthole? <laughs> <laughs> I got really irritated yesterday. I was looking up some tropes um, for character types because I wanted to uh, inspire something in me. And fucking everyone online uh, tries to tie character tropes to anime. So every example for every type of person, they're like, you know, like this anime from five years ago. Like, uh, thousands of years of human history just have never happened. Uh, were you looking on TV tropes? And that was one of the places I looked. Okay. Uh, they do the sections alphabetically, so anime is always the first one. Well, no, this was looking through types of characters, and then it had a list of different types, and then as I ah. looked, the examples for a lot of those would be anime. But then other places, too, also used anime as examples. Hmm. So, magic is real in this, yes? <clears throat> yeah, some kind of ninja magic where if you, like, flip your hands around, you can turn into a banana or whatever. Is it Avatar, the last airbender stuff? Uh, I guess similar in that it has to do with chakras or whatever. Okay. These symbols, are these symbols you could make with your hands or draw and then make magic from them? <laughs> 
Damned if I know. Okay. Yeah, I feel, I feel like we're kind of grilling Jeff. <laughs> yeah, we has are. expressed that he does not give a shit about Naruto. <laughs> Jeff, has have... a, Jeff has a mental block that will not let him not answer questions, though. <laughs> so he will try. He will try to answer. I, yeah. I, 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 I have two mental blocks. One <laughs> is I uh, cannot learn anything about Naruto. <laughs> and the other is that I cannot stop answering questions about Naruto. <laughs> I, I think I've mentioned this before on the show, but in college I had a friend who had a roommate who uh did a lot of lsd uh and my friend was kind of cruel and uh when his friend was high when his roommate was high on lsd we realized that he could not deny like he could not say no to things and so you would just keep handing him things and he would take them and then he would end up not being able to do anything because he was holding like seven objects and i feel like jeff is like that for questions <laughs> yeah that's accurate <laughs> <sighs> Anyway. Yeah, so none um, of us really know about Naruto at all. Yeah. I have I, I miraculously haven't even played the like well loved Naruto video mm. games that have been around for twenty years. I'm trying to wrap my mind around I feel like there are certain characters that are so beloved that whenever you talk about anything online, someone will be like, oh, uh, Goku from Dragon Ball Z. Like, if you were like, oh, who could beat Superman in a fight? Goku is always one of the ones. And Naruto is another one that I, like... I feel like you cannot have a discussion about fictional characters online without someone talking about Naruto, and I cannot understand why, because these characters seem so boring. Well, what they, about they them hit, is interesting? I think uh, that they hit a lot of the, like, archetypes really strongly, and, like, there's a significant portion of adults who grew up with Naruto, and so their first exposure to, like, the broody quasi-rival and the, like, dumb food-obsessed uh, shonen main character <laughs> was Naruto. Yeah, you're probably right. Like, Naruto's the same thing as Goku. But it's like, I mean, I feel like it's... It's similar to somebody being like, oh, what's your favorite book? The Bible. <laughs> like, it's so bare bones. Like, don't you want something that's a good version of that? I think that's a lot of people's favorite book, though. <laughs> I mean, yeah, boring people. <laughs> people who run for president, am I right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we don't know. I wish I knew more about the origins of this, because it certainly doesn't tell you that. Did this start as a manga, or is it fully yes. formed as a TV show? Okay. No, it's one it of the shonens, a, right? Shonen. Uh, shonen is the genre of stuff that is for, like, tween boys, and Shonen Jump is the most popular and long-running magazine of shonen manga, and it uh, this ran in that. Ah. Uh, that. That magazine also included, like, One Piece and Dragon Ball, like, every... It is, I believe, the best-selling periodical in recorded history, because uh, it's been running for 50 years and sells millions of copies. Mm, I I think hmm. Agatha Christie actually is. <laughs> She's the best-selling Agatha- manga artist of all time. <laughs> yeah, yeah Cri- Christie Jump was a really strong-selling magazine <laughs> in the 1890s. Now that's an MMORPG I would play. 1890s? When did you think Agatha Christie lived? I have no idea. <laughs> I realized once I said 18 that I was definitely wrong, so I went for the latest of it. Yeah. She was born was in 1890. Good. Damn it, damn it! <laughs> I mean, don't you remember that all of her things are about, like, flappers dying while doing the Charleston or whatever? <laughs> no, it's all about trades. People were obsessed with trades in, like, 1910 at the latest. <laughs> 
Oh, very good. So I'm noticing for the announcements, there's nothing more recent than August 15th, 2019. So I wonder if this is an abandoned wiki. Ooh, maybe no one's writing Boruto fanfiction. <laughs> good. Uh, I will say that the most recent activity on this wiki was 29 minutes ago. Damn it! Uh, there is, uh, I'm gonna say the word Boruto a lot because there's nothing funnier to me than the fact that Naruto's son is named Boruto. <laughs> that is pretty good. Are you saying Naruto. you're not planning on naming your son Beffrey? <laughs> <laughs> Even worse, Boffrey. Boffrey? Oh, Boffrey's really good, actually. That is very good. Jeff, oh, I want- like- Jeff, it is it is now contractually obligated. If I'm going to continue doing this podcast with you, you have to get a dog and name it Boffrey. <laughs> going to get a dog and name it Boruto, obviously. <laughs> now, hold on. I know Boshi is the bad version of Yoshi. Is Boruto the bad version of Naruto? Uh, no, that's, yeah. that's Wa Naruto. <laughs> Why not Waruto? Nope. Waru is the word. God damn it. Uh, is Boshi the bad version of Yoshi? He's yeah. the cooler version. He probably he's does got drugs, like, right? He's I got like, like sunglasses and a spiked collar. He can yeah, speak English. I thought he was cool. Like, good. Doesn't he yeah, help like, you in Wario? Wario is cool. Uh-oh. <laughs> this is what's gonna shut uh, us down. Is he's, Wario cool or not? <laughs> Okay, hold on. His name in Japan was Washi, which made him the Wario version of Yoshi. Uh, okay. Okay, yes. Boshi is just from Super Mario RPG, right? <laughs> yeah, he's never reappeared. Also, he's from an optional portion of Super Mario RPG. Yeah, but and he captured he's our like, hearts. He's, he's just a racing minigame. I don't think he's mean to you at all in it. No, he's just he's very just cool, cool, is what I'm saying. He's the yeah. bad, he's the bad boy so, version of No, no, Yoshi. you don't understand where I'm going with this. Okay. Yeah, bad like the Nintendo Power Glove. You guys aren't getting it. Okay. okay. I'm saying, I think there is a Y-Yoshi. Okay. Is it and fat Yoshi? a Boshi. Oh. And what I'm saying is that now we've opened up a third category of clones oh, no. of the characters in the Mario-verse. Barrio. Luigi. Barrio, wait. Barrio is the cool Mario. Oh Luigi my God. is yes. the cool Luigi. Wait, isn't Wait. isn't Gooigi already the cool Luigi? Oh fuck! No, Gooigi is the horny Luigi. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh my God, we've opened up so many oh, categories. Fuck. Yeah, fuck, Gario. Is Gario the is going to be Mario. so fucking horny. It's disgusting. <laughs> it's just Mario made of cum. <laughs> God, I can't do this show anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't either. I'm being arrested. <laughs> oh no! Because I'm winning a, a podcast trophy. It's coming out of my computer right now. Shigeru Miyamoto has appeared behind me with a high power rifle. <laughs> this trophy just says most relatable content. Oh, I'm gonna die. I'm also upset that I said that because Luigi is made of green goo, so Mario would be made of red goo. Oh my god. And the implications are just horrifying there. Are we even gonna do random pages, or are we just gonna end the show here? Was I Gario mean, the enemy in Ghostbusters 2? Yes. Okay. Good, we've uh, cleared that up. Uh, <laughs> Matt, did you have something to say? <laughs> I was just thinking about- the, I, I don't want to talk about the horny versions anymore. Yeah. I do want to talk about Barrio, though. Um, I think he uh, races cars illegally at night. Like, it's the 1950s? That's what I Ooh, think. that could be cool. He's oh, like so a, he's like a greaser Italian. Sure. Oh, yeah. He's like a, he's like a Tokyo Drift. 
Okay. Yeah, he's like he's like in the Sicilian Mafia. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> and then you could make a good Super Mario Brothers movie because there would be a decent portion of it that would just be the Fast and the Furious. <laughs> You just splice in some of that, but you CGI a uh, big mustache over, let's say, um, Vin, Vin Diesel. Diesel's face. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I would watch this movie. Now, see, what I don't like about this is that they're all, like, the same, whereas the Waz are sort of the opposite. Okay, what are you trying to say? Like, all of all of the cool ones we've decided, their defining characteristic is their coolness, rather than being the opposite of the main version. Um, right, but I think, okay. No, 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 no. I think that these are different, they're just the cool version of the main version, where, like, Yoshi's whole thing is that he can, like, run fast and, like, be a, like a horse, like a dinosaur horse. <laughs> And then the cool version of that is somebody who's like, I'm the fastest around, like, you you dipshit, if you want to be cool, you gotta beat me. I'm a Sonic it, the Hedgehog, is what yeah. I am. Yeah, and, he's blue and cool. Yeah, and I feel like the cool version of a Mario who's always like, mm, I gotta go save the princess, would be one who's like, I'll save the princess after I'm done blowing up cars, and then, like, throws, like, a toothpick at you or whatever. Yeah, he's smoking cigarettes all the yeah. time. Yeah, Mario's a real dweeb. We've all thought it. We've all been yeah. thinking it for 35 years. I mean, he is. He's certainly not cool. Oh, oh my Christ. god. Okay, I got a random page. Uh, I guess, I guess. I wanted to get into, is there an individual Yoshi named Yoshi who's the main Yoshi, but uh, I you guess talked we talked talk about, about that Mario. eight no. times on this podcast, Jeff. I don't agree there that there isn't. is, because it means friend, and I believe it's all the friends. Yeah. Uh, so is I Boshi a Boshi Yoshi? Who insist that there's a character named Yoshi. So Boshi is just a Boshi Yoshi. <laughs> Boshi is just <laughs> a Yoshi named Boshi. Yes. Or Woshi in Japan, um, I guess. This is everything up until now has been a very elaborate joke. <laughs> However, this is the thing I'm going to say as a genuine proposition for us. Could we start referring to things that are cool as Boshi? Yes, because yes, I love that. Yo, this Yoshi, this is a Boshi Yoshi. <laughs> Yeah, I don't like it anymore. I liked it when you proposed it, but then when you did it, I didn't like it anymore. What if you just said bushy? Said this is totally bushy. Yeah, this Ooh, is... yeah, as an adjective is pretty good. This is extremely bushy. Yeah, okay, okay. well, let's do it. Yep. We're committed. Uh, okay. We're not going to forget. We're not going to forget as soon as we're I done this I will never call. forget this. <laughs> okay. This. I will forget this. Okay, uh, I got a random page, and my random page was Pure Land Teachings, Path of Serene Bliss, which sounds like some cult shit. Uh, I bet it's a ninja technique. It's a technique that, ah, that yes. no, not only requires an innate understanding of the Pure Land teachings, which sounds like some white supremacist bullshit, <laughs> uh, but it is also <coughs> one to be used for the betterment of creation. Okay. Okay. It. I don't know what any of this is referring to. All right. Um... Akuhyo <laughs> states that this technique can be used to usher in a world of individuals whom seek to understand the truth of their existence. That's not correct grammar. Yeah, though, whom, okay. that's not whom. It doesn't shouldn't. go there. Uh, <laughs> so who is Akuhyo? I guess this is someone's fan character? Yeah, I guess this is a made-up... Oh no, that means it might actually be a white supremacist thing. Oh no, he looks like Aang from The Last Airbender, but as he looks like if there was a recent high budget Chinese live action movie version of The Last Airbender, <laughs> this is what Aang would look like. In it. Okay. 
or on the poster at least. I like that the picture is a gif of a swirly purple mandala and I keep staring into it. Yeah, I appreciate whenever they make an animated picture the the image on a wiki page, which almost never happens. I was gonna play a prank on you guys where I was like, guys, that's not animated. (laughs) I figured you would think the computer was broken. Yeah, we (laughs) never believe you, Jeff. (laughs) I mean, like, it's clearly animated. I wouldn't fall for it. So does this technique, like, just bring world peace? Because that seems like a really fucking good technique. Yeah. This sounds like somebody who's read one Western book about uh, Taoism or Zen philosophy and then decided that they understood all of it. He starts by using Bukaigan to peer into the realm of bliss, peers and then transporting what he sees into the spirit of the opponent and allows them to temporarily experience the realm of formless bliss. Much like a genjutsu- what the hell is this? So I realize that the thing I'm about to say may be mildly sacrilegious, but- I love the idea of a thing, uh, of a world where you could punch someone into experiencing nirvana. <laughs> yeah, no, that rules. Yeah. Uh, this <laughs> if this power, was what Naruto is actually about, I would watch it. This power is the same power that Jeff Goldblum has in the documentary Earth Girls Are Easy. Mm, that's true. Mm. He it lets uh, you experience bliss and then you get all weird colorful trails. Yeah. Ah, that would be a very useful technique to have. Yeah. I feel like this technique would end every episode of Naruto, though, because you'd be like, I'm gonna fight you, evil bone ninja, and then you'd be like, here you go, eternal peace, and it's like, oh, okay, I don't want to fight anymore. Now he's definitely a bone ninja. So over. (laughs) Gross. You gave him eternal bliss. They had to end the show suddenly every week so that you don't see them have sex. It kind of reminds me of when Spider-Man got the power cosmic and he used it to make everyone on Earth happy for one moment. I I appreciate your Spider-Man reference. I really need to go back to Louisa's proposition that Naruto is filmed in real time live, and so yeah. they have to cut it off at the end before the sex. Yeah, yeah, they do. Right after the bliss, they have to cut it off as fast as possible and roll credits. Cut, cut. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Yep. Uh, I also got a random page. I pasted it in the chat, and it is Kohoshu. Uh-huh. Um, and this uh, is represented by some sort of rune symbol. Um, Mm -hmm. It seems to be a village. Yeah! The quote is, Welcome to paradise for all people alike. We got fun and games! (laughs) It means jewel in the rain. That's nice. Uh, It's the rebuilt and restructured vision of an old, broken-down city in an unknown country. (laughs) Okay. The picture looks very much like a uh, Miyazaki kind of fantasy, where it's, like, run-down buildings but overtaken by plants and, like, new, smaller buildings attached to them. So they know know the city well enough to rebuild it, but they don't know what country it was in? And I think we don't know what country it's in. (laughs) Okay, Mm. that makes way more sense. Yeah. Oh my god. It literally, I did a reverse image search, and it just is like, it shows up on Pinterest as anime city landscape. (laughs) (laughs) Makes sense. Okay. I keep forgetting this is Fanon, and I keep thinking it's like from the actual show, but this is just something someone made. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) It looks like people just, like, whoever made this page googled anime city and took the first one. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, everything from about this description seems to be like cookie cutter anime city. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of, like, Google Translate Japanese in here, as far as I can tell. Yeah. Uh, this village was rebuilt by Hanrui, 
and Jitoku with oh, the aid guys. of A- Ame Gakure. Uh, Hanrue seems to be some sort of scientist <laughs> that is maybe actually from Naruto. Uh, she's a sad lady with short black hair. Okay. I'm gonna do a reverse image search on this and see what anime she's actually from. Uh, boy. It's something that I don't think has been localized. Kyokai no Kanata. Okay. Her special move is something called Metal Release, which sounds way cooler than it probably is. <laughs> yeah, that's when you unlock the little cage for the wiener that they have. <laughs> Why so horny this week? Yeah. <laughs> what Why do you so mean horny? they have, Jeff? <laughs> uh, you know, people who like that sort of thing. <laughs> I was going to say it's when you just start screaming uh, Enter Night by Metallica, or Enter Sandman by Metallica. I thought it was going to be when you could uh, chemically, inaccurately, for a piece of fiction, uh, turn all the iron in your blood into knives and it would shoot out of your body and kill you. Ooh, that'd be cool. Wait, mm-hmm. it would kill you? <laughs> well, maybe. You gotta stay out of the no. way. It definitely no, would kill you if you <laughs> turned all your blood into knives. Yeah, no, it, it kills the person you do it to. But also, oh. you better get out of the way, because those shards of uh, blood might kill you. Wait, but the blood in your body turned into knives. How are you alive? No, you're doing it to someone else, because you yeah, have you're the power. Magneto, oh, and you're pulling all the iron out of their blood in knife form to kill them. Yeah. I gotcha. <laughs> Except yeah. uh, iron in the blood doesn't work that way. Do not say anything to me about it. I already know. <laughs> Do not try this at home. <laughs> yeah. It hey, would if work if I, out listen, there. Listen, if, you're, if the iron in your blood worked that way, this absolutely would work, and you should try it at home. But yeah. It just doesn't. Yeah, too bad. So why is the iron in your blood not magnetic? It's not uh, be- metallic iron. <clears throat> well, oxidized <clears throat> iron is... Mean? Listen, oxidized <laughs> iron is non-metallic. That's why rust is not metallic. And all the iron in your blood does is oxidize all the time. That's the whole purpose of it being there. Huh. Yep. Because the oxygen is ferro-positive, and the yeah, iron is ferro-negative, I think. Or maybe I have it backwards, but... That. Yeah, do not try to do blood magic without consulting the internet for better information that we are giving you. Mm-hmm. Uh, would blood bending from Avatar work? Yes, because that's moving the water in your blood, of which there is yeah. lots. Uh, I'm really mad that lightning bending is a fire technique and not an air technique. Ooh, yeah, me yeah. too. Also, Ooh, but if you... no, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, because thematically both... <laughs> it makes sense as fire. But fi- both fire and lightning are just exciting air molecules until they get hot enough to shoot out light and energy. Yeah. If you were an earthbender, could you do stuff with bones? Uh, yeah, probably, yeah. I don't think anybody did. Mm. But you probably could. They moved dirt, rocks, and metal. Ah, what about the iron in your blood? Does that count? No. (laughs) Damn it. Probably not. I don't (laughs) think that's ever done. It's not metallic iron, as we just discussed. Ah, but is it rocks? (laughs) Because then, (laughs) then it might It's a mineral. It's a mineral. Mm, In what way? (laughs) Okay, well, (laughs) it falls apart under scrutiny. You weren't supposed to ask that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, what I really love about uh, Kouhoshu is the statistics. Population, 3 out of 5. <laughs> Military, 2 out of 5. Economy, 3 out of 5. Great. So, like, this isn't statistics. This is rankings. I like the idea that this isn't, like, out of... A, if it was full, it had 5 people. Uh, it, has, it would have a score of 5. But the population is 3. So it's not a completely packed 
town, yeah. and instead thinking, mm, these population, they're good, but they could be better. Yeah, yeah. there's a slightly above average population yeah. and economy, and a slightly below average military. Yeah. So do you think this person found this picture of an anime city and then invented the city around this picture? Because that's what Maybe. I'm thinking. I don't think so. I think that they wrote a thing on another page, and then they wanted to make one of the links into an actual link to a page. They were like, oh yeah, they re- they worked together on uh, in Kanhoshu, and then they were like, oh, I should make a page for Kanhoshu, and then they just bullshitted all of this. Okay. Uh, I don't I don't know enough about Naruto for any of the stuff we've seen so far to be any way meaningful to me. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, uh, so I got a random page, and I got, let's see... Yoshi Kagure. Yoshi Kagure. Sorry. Mm, Is this the cool Yoshi we've all been hoping for? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yoshi Kagure no Sato. English translation is village hidden in the protons. I don't like that. What does that mean? (laughs) Is a conglomerate village composed of smaller villages spanning nearly the entirety of the land of sages. Its capital, Seikaijiku, is ruled by the Shinsenkage, while other regions and their respective villages are ruled by the Six Koshaku. So this village has a capital? I'm gonna fall asleep. The country it's in is the Land of Plasma. Oh man, I really love the last two sections are Emergency Protocols, which has six empty bullet points, (laughs) and Trivia, which has one empty bullet point. Oh man, if there's a 2020 mood, it's Emergency Protocols with six empty bullet points. That's very good. Uh, if you guys are wondering why we're not uh, more miserable like we have been for the rest of 2020, we're recording on October 4th, 2020, so go Google that. <laughs> go Google what was happening at that time. Oh man, I hope something really awesome happens later today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, um, Which seems this like possible a- right now, and that's all I'll say. Google fingers, it, fans. Fingers Google crossed. It. <laughs> uh, does Is this... Villain is this village uh, between the molecules of uh, like other villages? Matter? Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Well, even if it's not, I mean, plasma is a is a thing, and I, it's its symbol is a little atom. Yes, plasma seems to be. I mean, plasma isn't this what this person thinks it is. Yeah, although I like Matt that you said confidently, plasma is a thing, and I'm not sure if chemistry and physics agree with you on that. No, it does. It's provably a thing. They've made plasma. It's real. Uh, yeah, but are things matter? Plasma Do is real. Do things matter? Mm, think mm. about it. Mm. Yep. Uh, it, the land of sages, also called the land of plasma, is a vast and powerful country to the far east of the land of lightning. Okay. Its government leader is the plasma daimyo. Oh, mm. no, that's cool. That is awesome, and I want to see that guy, and I bet he just looks like a big fat samurai in a sweatsuit. Here's what I what hope. Naruto looks like. Listen, if you were the pla- I know that it's different meanings of this word, but if you were the plasma daimyo, and you didn't dress up as Dracula every day, you were <laughs> fucking up. Yeah, that's how you, be- that's how you uh, avoid people trying to bend your blood. You don't have any blood, you only mm-hmm. have plasma. Yep. I want him to be like uh, like a sumo wrestler in armor made of sun energy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I like this map. There's a map of 
white land shapes on a blue background, I guess is the ocean, and the key to the map says, artificial floating islands are outlined in blue, and underground regions are outlined in red, so there are no underground regions. Or, or artificial, artificial floating yes. islands. Yeah, nothing is outlined in any color. Yes. Uh, it says you can hover your cursor over areas of inf- interest for information, no. but it just gives you links to those pages. Yes. Yep. The information you get is the name of the page that you will go to if you click it. Yep. yep. Island 3 is one of them, so somebody put a lot of thought into this. <laughs> area 6, Area 7. Very good. I do is like there an Area 51? Is there an oh Area 51? God. We need yeah. to know. Remember when people were going to Naruto run into Area 51? <laughs> yes. Remember that? Oh man. oh, man. Why Guys, is that thing? That was like one year ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can someone explain to me the Naruto run? Is it just that the people who make Naruto have never run? I think they think it looks cool, even though it looks very stupid. It does, yes. Uh, it is a, like, common um, sort of style thing in, like, anime and stuff. Yeah. But why? Like, Sonic, is it like, Sonic runs like that, too. Is it like the Incredible Hulk's purple shorts, where it's, like, a, some kind of, like, artist trick that I don't know about? I think it's uh, the idea that your legs are running so fast, your body is kind of just, like, being carried along, so it doesn't matter what you do with your arms. That makes sense? Um, I mean, it does, but that's just not how people... Like, you don't get to the level of artist skill to be able to draw. I mean, even though they're kind of clumsy, these are well-drawn pictures. You Mm. must know something about human anatomy. And at that point, you know that's not how running do. Your whole body is involved. (laughs) I think the idea, though, is if you could run faster than any human could run that you you would do that, you know? Even then you wouldn't. You would want to, like, minimize wind resistance or whatever. Mm, I still think they just think it looks cool. It yeah, probably though. they just who, think it looks who? cool. Who? Who's the they in that sentence? People who made it. Twelve-year-olds <laughs> reading Naruto. <laughs> <laughs> I think Jeff is closer. Je- Jeff was the closest without going over. <laughs> All right, well, this is... This has been nothing. Yeah. But we figured out the horny and cool versions of Mario, so there was something good here. Yeah. Was there? Yep. (laughs) Okay. Is there... Okay, now here's the real question, and this is something for our listeners to ponder for next time. Is there a cool version of Wario, and is his name Bawario? (laughs) Or Wabario? (laughs) Wario. Or are there two of them? Is there a Wabario and a Bawario? Is there a Wawario? Oh, oh, man. This is what I want to think <laughs> This is about. what we thought about last week too much, that there would be double, <laughs> double, uh, whatever, attribute characters. Yeah. No, let's not think about it anymore, is what I'm saying. Why? That's the only thing we ever talk about on this podcast. <laughs> what would an E- What would- What would- no. Like- what would be even more the opposite of Wario than Mario is? At some point, we're just going to get a bomb. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get so far that it's just a circle that explodes. Yes. <laughs> would it be someone successful? Like, Mario gets there, but he's not successful, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, um, so the opposite of Wario... No, Wario has a successful video game company. No, but I How mean the long? character. He's a plumber, and he keeps fucking up. The princess keeps getting uh, kidnapped, and he keeps going to the wrong long, How long until we get a game where Wario and Mario can fuse Dragon Ball Z style into a normal human man named Brian? <laughs> <laughs> into Ario. <laughs> <laughs> we can't. 
keep doing this. This is a bad Ooh, wait, idea. Maybe the M, maybe the M would turn side sideways, and he'd be Sigmarian. Oh my god! Oh my god! That's good. This is like if Mario was a Shonen Jump cartoon. This is exactly what would have no, happened. No, I want to stop talking about this. It's making me nervous. Like we've opened the Necronomicon. <laughs> like we shouldn't know these things or think yeah. about them. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. uh, And uh, please tell your friends about the show. That's the best way for us to grow. If you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on Twitter at HackTheNetPod. Or you can join our Discord and talk to us directly by messaging us on social media. I'm on social media at MattHeron at Mastodon.online. I'm also on Mastodon. Mastodon Mastodon.social slash at JeffJK. JeffJK on Snapchat and Instagram as well. You can find me on social media at Louisa at Mastodon.xyz. Alright guys, well, uh, I hope you've enjoyed our Super Mario Brothers fanfiction cast. (laughs) Uh, If you like it, please come back next time. In the meantime, now you're playing with power. Don't read the comments. Do your job! (laughs) 